Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Wiki Weekdays podcast. Hello. I'm your host for this week, Lucas Holland, and you can just hear the lovely Carl Smallwood chiming in there as well. Just off camera, and now I'm going to try and drink this coffee. What, 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 what I love how many times this? Carl's like, just off camera, or I'm off camera while we're doing the podcast, and it's like, you're not off camera, girl. <laughs> it's, it's force of habit, isn't it? It is, of course. We've spent many years doing like one on camera, one off camera. Mm-hmm. It's a hard thing to unlearn. It is indeed, but um, yeah, we, you know, for anyone that's listening as the time of release, we're back from like taking a couple of weeks off, and it turns out that Carl and I both did the same thing and wanted to yeah. talk about it. We both because normally we like don't tell each other what wiki we're gonna do before a wiki weekend, a wiki weekdays podcast, just say where we take two wikis from across the length and breadth of the internet, basically just pit them against one another, see which one inspired the uh, most interesting conversation. But we always try to say at the very least. What kind of theme are you going for? Well, and it was more like you were a little bit suspicious that we've both yeah. kind of done the same thing here, and we had. Yes, we, had. we basically picked to talk about the exact same thing. Not the same wiki, but it would have essentially been the same conversation that happened. So we thought, screw it, New Year, let's just do one bumper episode about one wiki that we both want to talk about. And that wiki is the wiki on Mamiya, the God of Wisdom. And that is, of course, because the... Um, the God of War Valhalla DLC dropped over um, the holidays, and if, I, I think by the last time we recorded, we didn't even know of this thing's existence. We did not know, no. We recorded the last um, uh, Wiki Weekdays podcast before the Game Awards where it was announced. Yeah, so I presume this is a bit of a warning that if you haven't played through that Valhalla DLC, there is a little bit of story and we will probably end up like spoiling said story. Mm-hmm. And there is some there's some Mimir heavy content. It's essentially just Mimir and Kratos broing out for about four hours. Yes, and obviously you know it's a roguelite. Time will vary for each person. So if you're going to go through on harder, it'll take longer. But yeah, it, it's not a very long um, DLC if you're just blasting through on one of the easier difficulties. So you know, mm-hmm. I'd recommend anyone go check it out. There is some story anyway, content. Anyway, yeah. Anyone who played God of War Ragnarok, just go boot it up. It gives you a fully evolved, like fully leveled up Kratos for the whole thing. And it does say like it's recommended to play after you finish the final story, but also yes. you can play without having played the final story. But again, just expect spoilers for like all of God of War Ragnarok from us. Yes, I expect some. I was about to say, like, just like you'd expect spoilers from that um, DLC, I expect spoilers from me and Lucas because the game has been out for like you know more than six months now, which is our rule. It's the release generally, of something yeah. plus six months is generally when we think spoilers are okay to talk about without warning, on at least on the internet. I mean, that's about six months grace more than anyone else seems to give you on YouTube. <laughs> so, you I know. remember when this DLC came out when I went onto YouTube the next day and it's like, oh, there's the final cutscene. There's just the final cutscene. Just there, and I'm like, oh, great, thanks. Of course, yeah. And people who are watching visually, you'll see me like wincing as I take a sip of my coffee. Mm-hmm. Because today is New Year's Day. It's the 1st of January. And I didn't get drunk yesterday. I had like a whiskey and watched like the last episode of Reacher. And then went to bed re- before midnight because I just couldn't be asked. See, I had some drinks with Jenna and we caught up on One Piece. There we go. So, so we didn't yeah. go out, out, did we? No, and but, this morning you know. I woke up at eight o'clock. I was gonna go to the gym. I was ready. I was in my. I was in all my gym stuff, and I walked down my stairs, and I've got new socks on. <laughs> and Joe, you like, and I've got hardwood stairs. And Joe, you got a brand new pair of socks on. 
on freshly polished stairs and I ate shit so hard and I fell down my stairs. But I fell down the stairs, tried to pull, pull up my hands and the elbow of my left hand on my left arm whacked right on the corner of the thing. And I just like slid like to the bottom of the stairs, rolled over, looked at the door and it was raining. I went, foot this <laughs> and crawled back up my stairs, crawled back into bed, went to sleep for another hour. And then I spent the last two hours before recording icing my arm. Well, it's I like, use my left arm for so it doesn't hit the mic. Do you know what? So Carl, you'll see me wince when I drove to that first attempt out of bed this year. That your year hadn't begun. Do, do then. they, do they it say hadn't as begun well, yet. like start you're, again? That's why I went to bed early last night. I thought I'll start the year right. I'll go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I'll feel good. I'll record with Lucas. It's like good start. And like you know, what better way? So I'll get up. I'll have my protein shake. I'll go to the gym. I'll get in. I'll get a hot shower. And that's thing. I look like crap as well. So I've not been able to do my hair. I've not been able to shave properly <laughs> because I shave with my left hand. Oh, right, yeah. Because obviously to get old... Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> I find it funny, though, because like, we're talking about a roguelite mode here, and mm. just think of it like a roguelite. You got old, yeah. you died, you failed, yeah, just, you got back tomorrow, up again. Tomorrow, I'll try again. <laughs> tomorrow, I'll tackle it again. Well, that's oh, what happens dear. with the um, uh, the uh, Ragnarok or the Valhalla DLC. It's like the first time mm-hmm. you get your ass kicked, and Kratos just wakes up and he's like... Oh, I guess dying here doesn't matter. So as long as you die in glorious battle, and Chris, like, all my battles are glorious. <laughs> Have you ever seen a battle of mine that is not glorious? Yeah, so just, again, final warning. Expect spoilers, everyone. Um, <laughs> go check out the, that short DLC. It's free. Come back, you know, come and enjoy the lovely Valhalla spoilers yeah. with us. I'll just go watch one of those videos that exists of, like, hey, here's... A four-hour-long video with all the cutscenes in it, where the contrast is turned way up on the thumbnail. No yeah, matter how many of them I block, I always get advertised a new one. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you could probably go find like a half an hour to an hour. Just here's all of the cutscenes with the combat cut out by now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, speaking of uh, like you know, just all the all the talking. That's the that's the purpose of Mimir, isn't it? This is indeed. Kratos isn't exactly a character who speaks a lot, and even later in the game, where he starts to open up a little bit, him being a Spartan and a fan of laconic phrase, which is a, a phrase that was used to describe the Spartans for their very wry, very to-the-point and direct manner of speaking. And Kratos typifies that with, like, you know, he's just very to-the-point remarks throughout the game. Mm-hmm. You needed a character like Mamiya, who, like, just, like, what was it, like, his boat stories and stuff? Yeah. Just, like, he's, he's a great expository... Help me. Expository. Yeah. He's also, like, and he's really fun. And like, I think in the original God of War, I started to get a little bit sick of Mamiya. But then like, I, I turned around and I'm like, no, Mamiya's pretty great though. Mamiya is great. And I think that one of the greatest things that he did was kind of just have that unspoken kind of, not unspoken, but like just glanced over um, time skip that they have between God of yes. War 1 and Ragnarok where... All of a sudden, it's not, oh, we're putting up with one another. It's, no, we They're are friends. like brothers. They are brothers in arms. And, you know, well, I guess one's a brother in arms and the other one's a Does brother, a brother in, head. in head. And that's the thing <laughs> I love as well, because um, when you read, like, the journal, so in God of War Ragnarok, the journal is written from Kratos' point of view, not Atreus's. And yeah. I like the idea that to cope, Kratos started journaling. It makes sense in the universe that Kratos just started journaling to help with his emotions. Yeah, and 
I think that I typified all of this DLC by just summing it up as Kratos went to therapy. Basically, yeah, and they even say that, don't they, about like, you know, when, when I think Mamiya says something along the lines of, um, uh, well, you know, combat can be freeing. And Chris yes. like, yeah, because I concentrate. It's like nothing, I clear my mind when I fight. And that's a really neat thing that I happens think in calls the God it of clarifying, War. clarifying, yes. Yes. And that's something that happens actually in the game. So do you want to fight Heimdall? Because I replayed the game over Christmas where I wanted to talk about it. Or at least mm. played like some of the fights again. Do you want to fight in Heimdall? And like Heimdall can read the other person's emotions and you have that great fight where Kratos just fucking cleans his <laughs> clock. Yes, yes, I and, do. You know that, and you have that great detail as well, that the first time you swing at like Heimdall, he dodges it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Kratos, he tightens up his stance and he throws a few more jabs and then he hits his bracer. And then, oh, like, yes, you know, and then Heimdall's like, oh, these are new braces, watch out. And then the next time Kratos just like, gets one clean on the chin. Mm-hmm. A detail that I missed the first time I played through is that Heimdall cannot read Kratos' mind. Do you know what he says to like um, Atreus when you try and fight him? Because Atreus is like, oh, I saw that coming. I can, like, you know, I, I can tell that you're angry. It's, yeah, it's that you can read the intentions of people, yeah. right? But when Kratos is fighting him, because Kratos fights on pure instinct, there's nothing in his mind. And that's why he can hit Heimdall. Because Heimdall can't read his Well, intent. there's obviously also Drapnir, the weapon. Drapnir, Drapnir helps as well, yeah. But the thing is, though, I didn't use Drapnir for the first time I kicked his ass. I got that <laughs> first stun with Drapnir and went in with a blaze of chaos. Well, and then when you kill Heimdall, like, it's the first time that like Heimdall gets scared because he reads your mind and he calls you a monster because he can see that Kratos is angry and he knows what's going to happen. I mean... The guy who'd just been talking shit about killing you, kid, for like the last yeah. 10 minutes, it's fair yeah. enough. It's like those eyebrows get raised. They've not been that high since the Greek pantheon. Yeah, that's kind of the point, is that that fight is the first time that Kratos like, lets himself become like the old quote-unquote monster that he is, because, yeah, his child is under threat, and he's like, no, fuck you, Heimdall. Isn't and, that as well? Yeah, yeah, he finally just gets a glimpse into his mind, and he's like, oh, no. Yeah, because he couldn't read his thoughts before. Because when Kratos is fighting, Kratos fights on pure instinct. Mm-hmm. And you can't read a man who's fighting on pure instinct. It's like Kratos isn't reacting. He's not He's not like knowingly doing anything. That's just, it's pure instinct. Oh God, he's point. gone ultra instinct, is what you're Basically, saying. Basically, yeah. And one of the, <laughs> like the coldest lines in the entire game is when like Odin's trying to like chat shit to Kratos and Kratos just turns around and just says, like, keep talking like that and you will meet the god I once was. <laughs> you will meet the god that destroyed an entire pantheon and you want to keep chatting some shit speaking of which this DLC kind of focuses on the old pantheon that he killed it does yes because you get to like you know the glimpses back and uh, again we're in full spoiler mode here like yeah. when Helios turns up and you're like oh not that dipshit <laughs> but it makes perfect sense because then like the head on the back gets replaced with Helios and it's like oh yeah I never put two and two together of like Mamiya literally replaced what Helios was in God of War 3. Like, a literal just head on your belt. And obviously Helios was just like a power-up that was essentially a torch. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. I ripped off the god of the the sun god's head (laughs) to use it to light my path. Uh, That symmetry, I never noticed that until like, no, you literally have... Helios replaced Mimir, and I love that he even gets his own voice combat lines, where mm-hmm. he doesn't warn you, he just calls you an idiot when you get hit. <laughs> it's like, because the first time that you go through where um, it's like Helios, and then kind of like, you know, you break Valhalla a bit and get rescued, and then yeah. you come back in a second time where like you can actually make it through, and 
Kratos gets to the point where Helios appears again, and he's like, it would be really helpful if you told me what was coming up behind me, because yeah. clearly he's got used to Mamiya doing that. He's yeah, like, that's the thing. Yeah, that's another thing I noticed in my replay. Joe, when he's talking to Odin, he turns mm-hmm. his back to Odin. And he's oh, like, yeah, right, yeah. Because he trusts that Mamiya will tell him if something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's something you have throughout the first game, isn't it? Like when Mamiya warns him that like Balder sneaks up behind him. Yeah. And just think about how much more of an effective a warrior Kratos is when he's got just basically eyes, literally eyes in the back of his head. Eyes in the back of his arsehole. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> you can't stop him. Because, yeah, think about it. For years now, every fight he's been in, Mamiya's like, behind you, brother. And then, yeah, he goes in and Helios is there just like, ah, idiot. Yeah. You I moron. Get, I get so annoyed when you get like hit by a status effect. He's like, get rid of this. I don't like it. <laughs> like, like when you get poisoned and Helios is like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's Nordic CR poison. He's like, I don't like it. Get rid of it. <laughs> get and then rid same of way like now. Mamiya when he reacts to the Greek pantheon enemies. And he's like, mm-hmm. the fuck are these things? They're awful. Get rid of them. Yeah. You know what is awful in that DLC? The harpies. Are they the little flying ones? Yeah, yeah. That you can't catch. That like they will always dodge your first throw of a yeah. like a long range attack. Because like um, I'm so used to the like the nightmares, the floating eyeballs. Yeah, we can just hit them first time. You just grab them with the blades of chaos first time every time. Mm-hmm. And I tried to do it with harpies, and they just keep dodging it. And I'm like, this is why people don't like flying enemies. This is also why people don't go back and play those old God of War games. <laughs> but anyway, let's bring it back to Mimi. I have a, a quote from him here. So can you do a Scottish accent? Because I sure no, as hell no, can't. No, no, no. So I'm not going to do a bad... I will not do a bad Scottish, despite me being half Scottish. Like my mum's Scottish. And I can't do a Scottish accent, but uh, <laughs> me and the greatest ambassadors to the gods, the giants, and all the creatures of the nine realms. I know every corner of these lands, every language spoken, every war waged, every deal struck. They call me Mimir, smartest man alive, and I have the answer to your every question. And then, like the first question you asked me was like, "I don't know," which yeah. is amazing tone setting. The first question you ask him is like, "You know, brother, I don't know." Yeah, and I think it's great as well because obviously there's parts of um, the world and mythology that Odin never let Mamiya see. Mm-hmm. And then also as well, I think just generally the way that God of War Ragnarok works in, in general and God of War 2018 is like Mamiya doesn't know a lot of what is going on specifically because Kratos is there. and like He's an outside factor, yeah. yeah he's, he's heard of it. He's heard of the things Kratos did, but Kratos being the outside factor, like Fimble Winter. Even mm-hmm. as like, it wasn't supposed to happen like this, you must have sped things up. And it's like, yeah, I fucking did. Kratos, yeah, it, the problem solver. The just, mallet. The absolute, just like, you know, fucking, what is it? The, uh, I was about to say the wrench in the gears, but that's not right. But he's he's messing things up. The blades of chaos in the gears, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, he comes in and all of a sudden Mummy is like, I don't know what to think anymore because you're not meant to be here. Yeah, it's like Fimble Winter wasn't supposed to happen for hundreds of years. You've sped things up, so I don't know what happens now. And then we have some basic biographical information about Mamiya. So we have like his titles, the God of Wisdom and Knowledge, the Smartest Man Alive, or the Rememberer. She's like, the Rememberer is a pretty ballsy name. Mm. I like that. That's, that is like a band name. That feels like a weapon name. The Rememberer. Oh, man. It's a, it's a weapon Kratos would get and use for, like, one cut scene and get rid of. 
<laughs> now, with aliases, they include Puck, Robin, Goodfellow, The Hidden Man, Brother by Kratos, Head by Kratos in the first game, The Silver-Tongued Little Shit by Odin, Old Partner <laughs> in Crime by Odin, The Smartest Head Alive by Odin, Old Goat by Heimdall, Condescending Skull by someone from his past, uh, Severed Head by Derlin, Belt Boy by Brock, Smart Guy by Brock, Mamiya of the Aesir by Verdandi, The Counselor of Kings by Verdande, Merry Wanderer of the Woods by Verdande, Robin of the Goodfellows by Verdande, Long-Winded Know-It-All by himself, Egypt by Brock, Traitor by Heindel, Traitorous Head by Heindel once again, and they just keep going. Because basically <laughs> just everything that somebody calls him throughout those things. And I love that everyone knows him, and it takes a long time to warm up to him. Because I imagine... Mm-hmm. The smartest man alive would be really annoying to talk to, especially someone who knows everything. Yeah, like likelihood is that person just a condescending asshole. He's insufferable, yes. Which is why and, it's, it's such a genius thing to pair him up with Kratos, a man who almost never speaks. <laughs> it's. I'm interested. Is the nickname or anything from Gunner? Uh, not from no, it's not C- Gunner. Sorry, Seagram um, calls Seagram. him my love. Um, yeah, my love, because I was thinking of Gunner and Air then, mm-hmm. who are also in the DLC. Yes. Uh, um, I was... and old, he's called Old Friend by Tia. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. But I just love the idea that like, cra- like everyone finds it. It's like Heindel, isn't it, where he knows what you're going to say? And you see that he's like, he's in all his cutscenes, he's really annoyed, because he knows everything you're about to tell him, but he still has to stand there and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he cuts you off every time you try and talk to him. <laughs> like, I love when you first meet him and like obviously the first thing you do is you go check the resources and like Heindel comments on it like he says oh yeah. by all means just like you know plunder our resources instead of talking to us yeah or like when he shows you the view of Asgard and you go look at Asgard and if you leave too quickly he goes oh I'm sure you finished taking in the like, <laughs> and you're like shut up like, if you stay he gets annoyed if you stay yes yeah it's like I did that um, on my second playthrough, I think it was. Just run, run straight through. Yeah. Just, no, no, like stand there and just wait and to see, see what if Heimdall has anything to say. And he's like, come on, you can move now. Like, Heimdall just gets annoyed at the idea that Atreus isn't going through this little tour of Asgard yeah. like he wants him to. It's great. And like I feel like Heimdall and Mimir are similar in some ways. Like, they both have like um, uh, the glowing eyes, like the Bifrost eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I do. Um, I mean, they are a little bit different, right? Because Heimdall's got, like, the fire eyes. Yeah, but they both have like the, the ability glowing... to, like, see something. or Like, they they have weird eyes. And they have, yes. like, the gift of foresight and... Prof- not prophecy, but, for, like, foresight. Mimir just has the knowledge to know when things are coming. Like, he knows all the, like, the legends and, um, and the prophecies and stuff. Obviously, Tyr as well. Like, yeah. They've all got different... They've all got funky eyes. Funky eyes, yes. And then we but... have, like, his birthplace is Avalon, presumably. Because we don't know. It's kind of suggested where he says, like, he was, like, a... a a fey, so like island, maybe. Oh, okay. he talks about he talks about like maybe Ireland or like Scotland because Alastair Duncan is Scottish, and we got mentioned yeah. the voice actor Alastair Duncan. Also, yeah, Scottish, of course, yeah. Uh, but Alastair Duncan is Scottish, and he, he voiced it with the most Scottish accent ever, like that Scottish lilt. <laughs> but then I love as well Alastair Duncan, the voice actor, is also the voice of who Lucas. Oh, I can never remember this. You always remind me. The most American man in video games. Oh, is it Senator Armstrong? Senator Armstrong. Yes. So the voice of yeah. Mimir is the voice of Senator Armstrong, and I just love that he plays the most American man ever and the most Scottish <laughs> man ever. Oh, dear. Yeah, it's it's such a good performance. And 
I'm just trying to like think through of all the people because I, I think Heindel was like, is it Scott Porter? Is it and he just gives like a phenomenal performance. All of them are great, yeah. Like Odin is especially good as well. Like I love yes, the idea that yeah. they portray Odin as this old man because you expect him like be huge and buff like Zeus was. It's like nah, man. Knowledge is power. And he's like just this scheming old man who like hides behind this facade of being like, you know, a doddering old fool. And like even Mimir says, like, don't listen to a word he says. He's like the god of all lies. Yeah, and it it's one of those things of oh yeah, when you go to like Asgard as um Atreus, it's like it's obvious on the one hand of the things where he's like, Oh no, make yourself at home, Atreus. It's fine that you killed my like um not godson grandson Mm -hmm. um and he's just like take his room it's all good your family atreus and like that's the really obvious on the surface lies but it goes like runs deeper and deeper and i think as a player you know that he's lying but atreus doesn't know that because he's a kid and he's only met like three adults his entire life (laughs) and he has no reason to distrust odin because like he goes from like his dad who's like not exactly forthcoming with anything Mm-hmm. including like himself and then odin just like from second one he's very open and tells him everything he needs to know says like you know you're not a prisoner here. you can leave whenever you want you have access to everything i'll show you like into my chamber well he, he literally gives he manipulates. the opposite of what kratos drove yeah. him away with of like kratos was very controlling and just never really gave atreus any options in what to do and was mm-hmm. never nurturing he was always obviously like very loud and you know just hard against Atreus whereas Mm -hmm. just Odin comes in and knows exactly what to do he just does the exact opposite and he nurtures him and then Atreus is like I don't know what any of this is I like this yeah and that's the thing like he's a master manipulator he sees exactly what he needs to do to manipulate like Atreus to his ends and that's one of the reasons he's so Odin doesn't like Kratos because he can't goad him Mm -hmm. like Kratos's only weak spot is his son it's like that scene I mentioned where like Odin's like, uh, oh, mommy, I'll do something about a little boy of yours. And like, Chris, like, you'll see the god I once was. But prior to that, he tries to goad him with like everything he can think of. And it mm-hmm. just doesn't work because nothing gets Kratos upset. It's like when he talks to Athena, isn't it, in the first game? Where Athena, she yes. calls him like a monster and stuff like that. And it doesn't bother him. It's only when she mentions his son that he even turns around. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that can make Kratos um, uh, second guess himself. Because everything else he was sure about. Yeah, he's when it comes to himself, he's very unflappable in the new games. Yeah, and then yeah, it just but you mentioned his son, and he's like, "Well, yeah, shit's okay. going down." I'm, I guess I'm just gonna um, arch those eyebrows and just get <laughs> just throw fourteen drapnier spears into your bum hole. <laughs> it it is one of those of every time I play more and more of the newer God of War games, I'm like, oh, so they they made Kratos a character. And oh, we yeah. always say this, and people always get mad. It's like, no, he's a character in the first game. It's like, he is, but he's not a very likable one. He's not a likable one. And, you know, the entire point is, like, so much of the game had that, you know, very young attitude, and it was yeah, very much like... That 2010's Dubro attitude. And like, especially like a, when you've got mini-games where he's fucking yeah. concubines. That's the like, thing, is, like, you have sex to refill your health or something... And then just and like he like... murders people just for no reason, like. And I love that they mentioned that, like the boat mm-hmm. captain in the first game, like one literally one of the first yes, things you as a yeah. player would do was just killing that boat captain for no reason. Like you, you, like you don't need to kill him, but it's like that's what a badass would do. A badass would just let the guy die, and they have 
in both God of War 2018 and Ragnarok, they keep bringing that boat captain up as this real sore spot for Kratos of like just this moment he realized he was a monster. And then obviously in Valhalla DLC, we talk they, about they bring it again. It up again. They, they bring it up and explain to Mamiya for it's an analog for, you know, the the people who have only played the new games of explaining what he actually did. And it's like, well, he was the one man that sticks in my head as like the he guy that was just die, an yeah. innocent guy that didn't need to die. And I could have just saved him and it wouldn't it, have wouldn't yeah. have caused me any problems. It wouldn't have cost me anything to save this man, and instead mm-hmm. he died a terrifying death against an insurmountable foe. That I, he, like basically he died in the most agonizing, horrible way possible, just because I didn't care. Yeah. And have you seen as well? It's like David Jaffe is really annoyed that Kratos has had this growth because <laughs> David Jaffe, and, like one of the original like di- ah, directors of the God of War games, like I don't like how they made Kratos soft. It's like imagine your fictional creation maturing better than you did. Yeah, and I think he was like I think maybe creative director on God of War One, and then mm-hmm. other people took over from there, like Corey Barlog. Um, but he's just spent years going off the rails or trying to like get rage clicks by saying shit like this for years. And I'm like, shut up, David Jaffe. But the idea, yeah, that just he's mad that his character developed over time, and they gave him a better personality and took mm-hmm. him to therapy. Yep, and he's like, oh, he's gone soft, and it's not fair. It's like, shut up. Because we all know, the th- and that's the thing about Kratos as well. He's like, he's not, and that's his whole arc is realizing I was an asshole. And that's the thing. Like, I think you mentioned Corley Barlog there, and he mentioned that didn't he when they were making God of War twenty eighteen? Mm-hmm. Of you know, we were all young, brash guys back then. We thought we were top of the world. We thought we were hot shit. Come off the back of God of War one, we made God of War two and three in like this uber violent, over the top, broish games. And then I had a son, and then I realized yeah. that's not the man- kind of man I want to be. That's He's not like, the kind oh. of like message you want to pass on to a son. So I thought, what would happen if Kratos, the most manly of all men, had a son? And he realized he didn't want to pass on that toxic element to himself, to his child. What would that be like? Yeah, he, he literally admits multiple times, like, yeah, we were all a bunch of like young 20-something-year-old dudes. And I'm not saying there were no women on the team, but that's how they kind of explain the attitude around god of war um, and that's how you ended up with like mini games where you fuck concubines for power orbs yeah and why you have moments where kratos just lets a guy die because that's what a badass would do and then, and then yeah, they, they keep matured and re-examined the series and character and made the character something that as they've matured they want to see and mimir is a great tempering effect on kratos and you can see his effect throughout the game, just like from the way that he references him. Even in the first game where he appears, like he calls him Head. Mm-hmm. Like throughout the entire, just dismissively Head, tell me what I need to know. And then towards the end of that game, like when Atreus fucks off, and like, you know, he's acting like an arsehole. Mm-hmm. And Kratos just needs someone to talk to. He needs a sounding board. And Mimir recognizes that and lets him vent. And he eventually starts calling him Mimir and starts to trust him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my kid's being an asshole right now, isn't he? And he's like, you are too, you know. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. Like, can you blame him? Yeah, it, it, like Kratos knows that, but he needs someone to voice it back to him. And essentially, mm-hmm. like I see Mimir as Kratos as conscious in a way. Um, at certain points of the game, yeah, and at other times he's he's almost like the couple's counselor between Atreus and Kratos. Yeah, and as well, but I just like, love like you know just the relationship between like everyone in that game, like, everyone, yeah. I guess we've got to give big shout outs like the father son relationship with Kratos, like the multiple times throughout the game where Kratos tries to put his hand on his son's shoulder 
But he doesn't know how to show his son physical warmth because he was never shown that himself. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think, you know, a very good analogue for kind of, I think a lot of males talk about the fact that they find it difficult to become more open with their sons, especially because their father may not have shown them a lot of emotion. And it's like, it's hard to adapt to that. And I know plenty of people that I've had those discussions with in my own life. And there's a lot of like reviews from my older guys with kids who play the God of War games and they have like this unique perspective on it of they grew up with those original God of War games. Like, oh, this is so badass. This is so cool. Kratos is such an awesome guy. And then seeing him just struggle mm-hmm. and like they see a bit of themselves in there. And that's like, you know, why video games always be different to other forms of media because they're interactive. And like you normally yeah. video games, it's like, you know, 50, 60 hours to complete. You spend a lot of time with Kratos as a character compared to say like a movie. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, between the God of War 2018 all the way up to now, we've spent, as you say, like 50, 60, 70 hours with these characters at this point. It's like, it's not a short film or two. It's like, you've had time to actually learn these characters and go through so much with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking of learning these characters, we have the personality section on Mamiya here. So... Uh, Mamiya is a well-mannered, kind, and possesses a cheery and witty, though occasionally sarcastic, sense of humour. Even in his beheaded state, he tries to make the best of most situations, finding it better than imprisonment, and as such, he tries to be helpful in any way that he can. And I love that Mamiya just, like, talks about being a, a head. Like, Joe you know, and, like, Kratos gets stuck in, like, the, the water in Tia's temple, and, mm. like, you come back up and he's like, well, I guess I can't drown. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. didn't know if he could drown or not. He didn't know if he could die. Yeah, because... That's the thing is, you chop his head off because he's like, well, I guess I'm strapped to this tree eternally. I guess you can just take my head and I won't die. And then it's just him slowly over time discovering what being an unkillable head means. Yeah, and it's like as well, the only time you ever really seen drop that facade is when he's talking to you like, I'm the mirror, I possess all this knowledge. And then like he says, he tortures me every day, brother. Every day. And he's like, in that moment, Kratos understands of like seeing a man confined like physically like kratos was he was all he didn't he wasn't stuck to a tree but he was like you know stuck under someone else's thumb mm-hmm. and that's like that first like spark of connection between the two of of like oh an uncaring god has placed you in a situation in which you're not comfortable i will free you from that and he sees in that moment like even if they can't revive him death would be an alternative that he wouldn't mind and then there's that moment where in valhalla um kratos doesn't know whether he's about to kill Mamiya or not Yes, and he gets really upset. Yeah, and he he breaks Valhalla to rescue Mamiya. Yeah, because he he's tears like, apart I... aspects of reality. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't know what the rules are here. Like, Mamiya's unkillable normally, but if I sacrifice him right now... That's not a glorious death. Like, yeah, do, does he just die? Does he not come back? Mm-hmm. And then you got that awesome moment where like they're just floating and dying through the air like well i guess this is it and yeah. sequence like for fuck's sake i'll come in and get you there's it mamiya is a master of diplomacy though some like freya um hildivinzi and even some of the Aesir would state otherwise because yeah they find him grating mm-hmm. and he talks about that doesn't he of like you know he was basically a court jester for odin and yeah. his influence was great but it wasn't enough to and he could massage the ego of Odin and Thor and others, but, you know, it, it had limits. And then you've got the opposite side of him where, you know, obviously you go through the, you can go through the side story of um, the dwarves and how 
he convinced all of the dwarves to let Odin in, and yeah, Odin just ruined right. them. The, the giants, sorry. No, no, because the do the dwarves as well. Um, it is in the dwarves area. Yes, yeah. when, you go, when you go to Svartalheim, yeah. Sorry, because I thought you meant when, Jotunheim. No, no, in Svartalheim, where you restore all of the towers, or no, you just sorry, you destroy all the towers that Odin created, Bill. right? That's it. Yes. Yeah, and that's and, you have that moment with the weird whale thing that Kratos is really pissed off about. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just like oh, so. He wasn't always the downtrodden, like, you know, court jester, as you put it. And, like, sometimes he was just as evil as Odin. He multiple times used his, like, his silver tongue to convince others to to partner with Odin. And obviously, over time, Odin just fucks them all up. Yeah, and that's something he comes to realize, regret, and want to make up for. So, says here, regardless, a testament to his skills, he's shown his interactions with Kratos. From the get-go, Mimi is able to converse with Kratos without making him annoyed or angry at times, though he still sometimes is. A difficult feat that even his own son struggles to accomplish. He is shown to know when to speak up, when to be silent, when to challenge Kratos, and when to let things go. That's why I think like he's that great tempering effect on Kratos. Mm-hmm. And it's like the trust that he has in him builds over the game. Like when you go to like um, uh, Helheim and you see like Odin, no, you see Zeus. He's like, this isn't possible, that's Zeus. And like, that's when Mimir has that moment of like, oh, oh, oh wait, you're Zeus's son? You're that guy? Mm-hmm. Oh shit. He's like, never go there. Never go to Helheim. <laughs> it's um, as well the moment where he's like, oh, the ghost of Sparta, that was you. Oh shit. Don't, and, yeah, and then Chris like, never call me that. Yeah, the multiple times, just like different stories that Mamiya's heard were all from the Kratos. Because that's the thing. Imagine what that would be like. If like yeah. you hear like the Greek pantheon just fucking died. And, like what happened? It's like, well, well, there was some guy, the ghost of Sparta, and it's like, well, that can't be a real person because he was immortal, mm. right? And he killed all the gods and then destroyed all of Greece, and then he killed like the metaphysical concepts of death itself in a fist fight in a <laughs> PSP game. What? <laughs> And that's the thing, like, Kratos did that. And there's some did of the stuff he kill like Kratos... Thanatos at some point? Yeah, he kills Thanatos, and he kills oh, him in okay. one of the PSP games. So it's not even <laughs> so... an important thing that he kills. <laughs> then he kills Hades. Yes, yeah, because I've, I've, I've done God of War 3. Uh, I think I've done God of War... Bit of God of War 1, then God of War 2 and 3, but I never played, like, the, the, the PlayStation games. P games or, like, Ascension or anything like that. Well, when we did the Wiki Weekends on Kratos, we went through the list of gods that he killed, and it's, like, 55 gods long. That's the thing. There's so many gods, it's hard to remember which ones he killed. Like, he killed, like, the literal personification of death. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that's the point where Kratos cannot die. You know, that, like, super badass line of, like, aren't you worried about dying? It's like, death can have me when it earns me. <laughs> he just doesn't give a fuck. Because he knows nothing's going to be able to kill him. Except for a level 8 wolf on Give Me God of War difficulty. <laughs> just that one exploding Draugr. Oh, God. Remember you sh- I showed you that? I showed you what Give Me God of War difficulty looks like. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you saw a maxed out level 8 Kratos wearing endgame armor with every ability. And a basic enemy walked up, exploded, and instantly killed Kratos. <laughs> it's at that point when I'm at, you know what? I don't need to play this mode. I don't need to play Give Me God of War difficulty. Uh, that's, the, that's how um, uh, terrifying Kratos. And the thing is, the stuff that Kratos did that Mamiya didn't even know about, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you're talking like um, uh, to Freya and like, oh, we're going to go find the Norns. It's like, what are the Norns? Like, Kratos has no idea. Well, you know, they're the, like, you know, they they span fate of like, you know, this realm. And Kratos like, oh, you mean like the sisters of fate? So like, what? Who are they? I've never heard of them. Well, they're not alive anymore. So like, what? 
So, oh yeah, they had a prophecy and I killed them. How do you how so, did you ki- how do you kill the personification of fate itself? Oh, they sent me back in time. So, wait, you travel back in time? Because like, yeah, I did, and then I killed the the physical manifestation of prophecy itself to yeah. break fate. And they're like, that's the most irresponsible thing I've ever heard. You, literally, you you literally kill fate. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I did. And back then, you just didn't give a shit. You didn't give, and that's one of the things. Like, he didn't care. And it's through those little moments where you have like Freya and Mamiya realize how terrifying Kratos is. Mm-hmm. They're like, wait, you killed fate? Because they say like time travel is something no one in Norse mythology has. And Kratos is like, really? I traveled through time multiple times. I didn't, I... <laughs> and like they don't believe him because they think time travel is impossible. It's like, no, I've done it. And it's like, how? Well, I did it to kill the personification of fate. Yeah, and I did that before I got my power up. I, yeah. did, that the, I did that in like the second game. Yeah, and it's just them being like, what the fuck? And it's the uh, the M. Bison line of like, to me, it was just a Tuesday. I love as well that like Freya and Mamiya, you know, they're sharing some big sideways glances of like, <laughs> the fuck? So if anyone's wondering what we mean, like, it has been canonically confirmed that the Greek gods are stronger than the Norse gods. So like, Zeus was more powerful than any Greek god. Right, or any yeah. Norse god, and by extension, Kratos is more powerful than him. And it's also established that the Greek gods get more powerful as they age, and Kratos is now centuries older than he was back then. Mm-hmm. So he's even stronger than he was when he beat like Zeus, who is chronically stronger than like every Norse god put together. Yeah, and, and maybe at this point, it's like, at the start of 2018, it's like Baldo goats him because he's out of practice, but I think mm-hmm. he's had plenty of practice in those two games to like now be combat ready again. And one of the things that I love as well is, is that in the latest game, you never need to use Spartan Rage. You get Spartan Rage, obviously. It's a tool that Kratos has in his arsenal. He's mastered his rage. But do you remember in 2018 where Kratos is like getting his ass kicked and he has to use Spartan Rage to, to win? Yeah, because there's multiple times where Spartan Rage is literally like a quick time event. To like, you know, overpower the situation. You never mm-hmm. get that in Ragnarok because by that point, yeah. I was annoyed that they weren't in because I love those moments of how hype they were. But Kratos doesn't need them. Mm-hmm. He's mastered his rage. It's like he no longer needs to rely. Wise, you need him, but story-wise, canonically, yeah. you don't. The only time Kratos ever gets angry in that game where he beats Heimdall, and Heimdall's like shit. And shout out to just the wet fart that was the new Spartan Rage. Which one? Because there's a couple of bad Spartan um, Rages. No, in Valhalla in the DLC. Oh, what well, he just gives you the the uh, legacy mode. So, oh, cool, you get the, the Sword of Olympus. I wonder how good this is. Oh, it sucks. It is by far and away the worst option. Because it's it lasts ages, but it's so slow. The yeah. parry on it is really awkward and doesn't work properly. Yeah, it was dreadful, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a shame, it's like, but like... The I moment could... he pulled out the sword, I was like, oh, shit, that's yeah. so cool. The, like, and then the... just unequip forever. Yeah, just <laughs> Never put use back this. on. Put, <laughs> but just put the delete one enemy button back on. I mean, oh, to be fair, I get a lot of use out of um, the Valor option to restore oh, health because... That is because it can just completely nullify any technique, yeah. Yeah, and as well, the fact that in... This is specifically the Valhalla DLC. There's so many things which give you the option of, like, do this to get a Rage Burst. Yes. So you can constantly be refilling your Rage Bar, which means you're constantly refilling your health and your Rage because it's you get Valor. Budget. 
Putting out mm-hmm. a word. Bring back to Mimir. Uh, Mimir quickly proved to be a loyal ally and friend to Kratos and his son, addressing the former as brother and the latter as little brother or lad, and eagerly helping them find the realm of the giants. He also expressed great concern and worry for Atreus when he began to grow ill after battles with Magni and Modi. He even begged Balder to stop attacking Kratos and Atreus, offering himself in their stead, though his pleas fell upon deaf ears. Man, it was uh, real funny for me fighting Magni and Modi again. Because they, they just had went no down chance. They instantly. Had no chance. <laughs> they had no chance. I was hoping like Balder and stuff would show up. Yeah, and or at, where... least, like, or at the very least, like an enemy from like one of the first three God of War games that they could like maybe like maybe put like Achilles in there or something like that because he beat him in one of the PSP games. Give him like the move set of Magni and Modi. Yeah, that's where I think the limitations of the DLC really show, and I was quite disappointed in that aspect of like. They are like, oh, here's returning enemies from like the old games, and you can tell they're just built off the skeletons of the yeah. enemies. Like the Cyclops shows up, and it's just, it's a, just troll. a troll. And it's I do like, appreciate though okay. that they actually hit him in the eye. Yeah, yeah. And there's a couple. Um, there's a couple of new like animations in there, but I would have loved to bring. Do you know what, what boss I would have loved to have brought back? Because it's one of the hypest moments in all of God of War. It's the last Spartan. So there is like oh, a don't fight know, in, one of the, that one. in one of the PSP games where there's mm-hmm. the the last Spartan to deliver a message to Kratos, and he's just a guy. He's not a mm. god. He's not empowered by anything. He's just a regular Spartan, <laughs> and he holds his own against Kratos for about five minutes. Obviously, That's you kick cool. his ass, mm-hmm. but just this one Spartan is such a fucking don. He holds <laughs> his own against fully God of Ward up Kratos for a little bit. I would have loved Just to have had that guy come back as a boss fight. Mm-hmm. Because like the fact that Kratos had to kill the last Spartan is something that never gets brought up again. Yeah, I didn't was... even realize. Like, I think you've probably mentioned it to me in the past, but like, it's not something I've like put together really. But there's um... a lot of like fan theories that that he was a Treus. Joe, you know, the, the Spartan he mentions who he likes, but then he died. Right. But like, yeah, it's like just and it's one of those people he never brings him up again. But like, he brings up like the boat captain and stuff, and how. Myself and a lot of other fans were disappointed he never brings up the final Spartan because that's the only time he ever interacts with other Spartans. Mm-hmm. And you I know, do like the fact that, yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's like three main story points within the Valhalla DLC where, yeah. as I say, Kratos goes to therapy and kind of not. <laughs> it's, ex- it's just therapy, it's battle it therapy. And it, it, it's not that he's excusing himself, it's that he's like, forgiving Theo- himself. Tia wants him to get a perspective on, like, maybe you weren't just an asshole. Maybe you had he other was a bit, things going on. They've he tried was, to rewrite his history a little bit. Like that thing it, with the boat captain. That's what it is, yeah. I rewatched the cutscene. Kratos doesn't give a shit. You can say in his mind he cared a little bit. He mm-hmm. doesn't give a shit in that original game. He's yeah. basically laughing as he does it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, it is a bit of a reframing to work with the new character. Mm-hmm. Or the new, yeah, I, I'd say the new character. You know what? He's I mean. a new character. He's not the same character. He's not. Um, He's literally like a thousand years displaced from his previous self. And the fact that it's like you know, oh well, I took the deal with Ares that led to like you know me killing everyone, and mm-hmm. it's like okay, but why did you take that deal? And he's like, because I was an asshole and I wanted power. He's like, mm-hmm. but what would have happened if you didn't take the deal? It's like, well, everyone would have died. Mm-hmm. So you took it to save your people. Yes, but I took it because I wanted power. 
And it's that finding that balance. I do like that it's not excusing him of it. No, it's, it's just saying it's re- maybe there's two sides to the story. It's, it's like, like the little bit where he talks to his. Um, you find evidence of his. You talk about his wife, which he never mentions before. He, talk, he mentions Calliope. Mm. He never mentions Lysandra, because she wasn't a character in the original games. She wasn't a character. She like she yeah. appears in one cutscene. It's the cutscene where she dies, mm-hmm. and Kratos even says that. Of like, I think Mia. We talking about Mia. Says. You don't mention your wife much. And he goes, there's not much to say. She was a good woman and she deserved better. Mm-hmm. And like, that's all you need to say. And just like Kratos realizing, yeah, she was a good woman. She deserved better than what I offered her. I cared for her in my own way, but it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do really enjoy that thing of like, same with um, like, oh, uh, you know, the Pandora's box thing of like, again, mm-hmm. it's, it's not excusing Kratos of what it, he's done. It's like, well, you did this for a reason, and maybe mm. the reason wasn't just that you're a dick. Maybe some of the reason was just, mm. and some of it was needed. But also, don't forget that you were a prick about it. Yeah, Greek tragedy, isn't it? Yeah, you know, you made every decision. You made every decision possible to say things, and things still went wrong. It's the like the ending of that DLC is a fucking soliloquy. <laughs> it's like the most Greek tragedy shit ever. Like mm-hmm. it's literally Kratos having a monologue. Yeah. About um, how much of an arsehole he is. And literally, you know, he does like, he gets David Jaffe, he puts him on the throne, he's like, You're, <laughs> you were a prick. You are the worst version <laughs> of me to exist. Oh, uh, and I, I just, I really like those moments of like, yeah, literally talking to his previous past self and being, you were an asshole. Yep. Like, but maybe there is some just, there is a, a silver lining in the fact that you were an asshole. How much did you want that to be a boss fight, though? Oh, How much did you want that to be like yeah. a fight? And here's the thing: would it have been better if it was like you killed it in one hit? <laughs> oh, well, like that, sh- right? It should have been there, right? It should have been like the super secret final boss that you've got to fight. I mean, it like, should have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to fight like just blades of chaos, Kratos. But again, it's one of those of I presume that's not, that that's not might... the end. Yeah, Gameplay I presume that there might be something like else coming i i maybe uh whether that's like dlc for this or like a spin-off game or something i want, I want grease dlc so much <sighs> yeah like you can see you can see the bones of it i want DL, like, like i want the dlc of when he went back to greece to get the blades of chaos give me that yeah in terms of story i think they've like they've knocked out of the park but like in terms of gameplay you can see why it's a free dlc of like yeah most not all of it most of it is like reused assets and mm-hmm. cleverly reworked enemies and stuff like that and it's taken the bones of that game and just remixing it all up a bit yeah but i i so wanted that to be a fight but then i realized like no because that's the whole point of that is kratos realizing i mm-hmm. don't need my anger anymore i i i don't need you and he goes and sits on the throne himself and just that ending line of like what would you like to do now kratos i think i'd like to sit for a while i'd yeah. like to just I'd like to enjoy the throne. And then he gets sent back to the beach and he's like, ah, oh, God, <laughs> do what the DLC. There's still lockables. <laughs> like, the, the achievements bar pops up. Like, you haven't got all the trophies yet. It's like, no, nah, <laughs> let me sit. Still, I so want, though, that to be... And it's like how much, You know as well why they did it, where you fight Tia. The first, have you, how many times have you beat Tia? You beat him enough times? Uh, yeah. The like, first time you beat Tia, he gets out, like, you know, he's got his, um, uh, his spear and his shield. Much like Kratos. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls out, like, I don't know what they're called, but like the two curved swords from Egypt. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Then he pulls out the, um, I think it's like the Mezzocatl, like the um, the Mesoamerican god thing from like... Uh, yeah, I don't know what it's called. The shark tooth sword. And then you know the mm. last one he does. I think you'll like... And he even says, I think you'll like this one. As if to the, the order. He pulls the katana out. It's all oh, the weeb! Tia's oh, a weeb! Yeah, that's the one at the end, yeah. Because I was thinking it was the... the spear, but the spears to start with, yeah. He pulls out the frost katana and you're like, there's DLC. Give me yeah. that. that. And he's just saying like, which, which, where's the next game going to go? Mm. And I, I and... do like that rumor of when the next game's going to be. Have you heard what it is? Are you familiar with like, the theory that people have got, which I myself ascribe to? I mean, the one that I heard rumored during Ragnarok coming out was like, not rumored, speculated, I guess the word is, but Egypt is the next place to go. But... Egypt is the next rumored place, but the rumor I've heard, I'm, I'm kind of like now, the DLC kind of suggests that it is, is that the other realms invade the Norse pantheon to try and kill Kratos before he comes over to their pantheon Ooh. because they're scared he's going to jump pantheons again. And Kratos now, as the god of war and the protector of the lands, has to step up and stop the other ones from invading. And I do think it's funny because it's like, okay, yeah, he's got the title of God of War, but I like the fact that he's like, I will be a god of hope. Yes. And then he gets back out and it's like, oh, that's so cool. And then he's going to get out and be like, so I've decided I'll be your god of hope. And she's like, what? I need a god of war, you fucking asshole. He's like, well, I'm going to kick everyone's ass anyway. Just give me this. Let me me be therapized, okay? Like, like, let me just recontextualize like my own anger. It was funny though because uh, I was playing through Jenna and um, it's like it rises like you know you you go through the first run or so yeah and then it's like oh um, why are you here it's like oh well I'm running away from the fact that Freya offered me the God of War position and immediately she was like that's not our position to give away it's tears and then it's like obviously. You go yeah. through the game and Tia's invited you there, and she was like, "Yes." Dude. I do like that it's fight with like... Tia, though. It's really I like the bit where Tia after if you after you do a couple of them, Tia looks at it as like a training session to get he mm-hmm. wants to like you know get, he wants to get the the rust off his edges. And one of the things he'll say when he grabs Kratos is, "Nice beard." And Kratos, <laughs> if you look really carefully, Kratos smirks. Kratos oh. smirks that like Tia said he got a nice beard, and I did because um, you know. If, people aren't aware like you can unlock the classic kratos as which like looks an so outfit. shit and it, it, it looks, looks so, so bad. bad compared to but how it doesn't like... it, do, it no, doesn't it in the good. sense of like it's a very well done outfit but you just realize how bad the character design looks compared to new kratos especially with how white his skin is and i get and that's, that's the, the point whole thing right with... like and but i love the fact that you can see that it's like worn off over time which I always read, it's presumably it is intentional of like that's Kratos slowly learning to forgive himself. Of like you see the ashes of his wife and kids, they're they're not completely gone because he obviously still harbors a lot of that guilt, but there's less of them there. Like they start to wear away a little bit. It's and less I was, prominent, yeah. And I was wondering if like we ever want to get a point where the ashes completely fade away. But I guess we see, couldn't have that because then people would realise Kratos is black and then you'd have weirdo <laughs> men online complaining, even though he's always been black. At the very least yeah. being very dark and olive skin. Dark complexion, yeah. He's not super white, is the no. point. The only time you ever see him without is in one of the PSP games where he's very clearly dark skinned. Mm-hmm. And that's he's the thing also is... been exclusively voiced by black guys for the entirety <laughs> of his gaming career. Um, yeah, I, I really find it interesting because it kind of answered the idea for me of like, 
oh, is it just an artistic choice to make it look less white now mm-hmm. in then the 2018 see... game? And then they answer that question by showing you like the comparison of the two. It's like, no, that's not just like because we're set in a bit of a grittier 4K world. It's like mm-hmm. we made a conscious decision to make him less pale. Yeah, like to show that the ashes have slowly worn away. But Kratos mm-hmm. still harbors a little bit of um, that resentment. But, but just that trivia. little... Yeah. The little pointy bit. That's oh, what little, reminded me of like just the little tiny pointy like go to beard that he's got, yeah. The like, little, like, thing, like, he just looks like a douchebag. He's got the proper dude bro. Like Kratos twenty eighteen looks scary, but he's got like he, he looks like a dad. Like, you no, know, your dad you wouldn't fuck with, but he looks like a dad. Like the beard makes him look more approachable. It softens him a little bit. Yeah, and it's interesting because you see him on the throne sat like an asshole. And you think, like, oh, a lot of that, the kind of, like, as you say, that dude bro kind of dickish energy, you think is coming from the pose. But then you put the costume on, mm-hmm. and you play, and obviously, like, the character model doesn't change. Kratos is still posed in the 2018 yeah. way. And it's like, no, it's just, there's something about that character design. Yeah, just something that makes him look like a bit of an asshole. But we've got some trivia to end on for Mimir. Would you like to go through that? Hell yeah, yeah. So we've got some... Tri- like, Mimia is Celtic, and while in Tia's secret room, uh, Atreus finds a Celtic knife. Mimia says that the knife comes from his homeland, and they had one similar to that. And then you have that great bit from Kratos of like, uh, yes, we should take it with us. We might need something to butter our bread. <laughs> <laughs> Just shitting on it. And like, I love like the proper like sarcastic moments between Kratos and Mimia, where every now and again, Kratos gets one over on Mimia, and he hates it. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you get the one in the game where you follow in the footsteps? And like Kratos, like he goes down, he goes, hmm. And I think Mamiya says something like, "Oh, these footsteps are pretty big." And Kratos just says, "Smartest man alive," like really <laughs> sarcastically. And Freya starts laughing, like Freya laughs at it because Mamiya just got absolutely owned. Yeah, and like because even Freya gets a line every now and then on Mamiya and he like obviously being the smartest man alive he just fucking hates it he, he hates when people like you know are smart or like you know they get the last word and he, mm-hmm. that's it he's emotionally mature enough to recognise when he's been had but he's still a little bit salty about the fact that like Kratos gets one over on him and that's one of the yeah. things I like about Mamiya where he's constantly surprised by like the intelligence and wisdom of Kratos like where you're collecting the poems mm-hmm. and like um Obviously, Mimir being the erudite, well-educated dipshit that he is, he's like, oh, I love poetry. And Chris like, so do I. You never yep. mentioned so, brother. He goes, well, my people are renowned for their culture. Is that, Greeks do you know what Greece is? <laughs> Greeks literally invented plays and poetry. Yeah, it's like my lands were the renowned for the like creation of all of these things. It's like we essentially made modern art. Yeah. And not obviously not now modern art, but their <laughs> modern art, like um, just but yeah, one of those just, funny things, yeah. It's it's so great because yeah, you just think of Kratos as a Spartan, but he was still surrounded still by the Greek culture. He was still Greek, yeah, and even and that's one of the little things I like where Kratos mentions like, like, why are you so surprised? My people are renowned for their culture. Mm-hmm. And when he talks about like, what's your favorite poem? It's like you know, it concerns like you know, a war and a forbidden love. It's like you know, the story of the Iliad. I think he's talking about. Right. I mean, it, they, they get all those, like, as well, Kratos just casually just dropping shit that blows your mind. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was at, like, you know, the Battle of Troy. I'm like, what? <laughs> was it about a giant horse? And he's like, oh, yeah. The poem is kind of like, you know, 
it, it kind of downplays what happened that day. I prefer the poem. Or when he mentions like the 300 Spartans, like, oh, I was there. Yeah. <laughs> he was just there. <laughs> he was casually just there. He met Leonidas for a little bit. Or when he, the, the one that I love the most is when he mentions Sony Battle Royale. Oh, yes, of course. He, he mentions that. He goes, is it true you once fought in a tournament? I fought in many tournaments. But this one had like, you know, a princess from a far off land. <laughs> She's a fat princess, a, a famous musician. And an adventurer, Parappa the rapper, Parappa the rapper yeah. an adventurer. It's like Nathan Drake's like, I would not speak of this. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> like, let's forget about that game. It's like, which means that's case canon that he fought Dante for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, uh, it's so funny. Of like, it's, it's oh. one of the fun things about the game. It, it, it blends all these elements of mythology, even like you know, mythology created in our world. Like it says here, I mean, you know, he mentions prior to his position as a counselor to Odin, he served under the fairy king at a time when he was a little older than Atreus. His statement suggests he was a jester of sorts um, to go to all sorts of trouble with the local mortals, which resembles the figure of Puck from Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, mm. Similarly, he also mentions as one of his stories, it's Macbeth. He just yeah, tells the story of Macbeth, yeah. which suggests that Shakespeare is Shakespearean plays happened, or they well, they are going to happen, and they're based on reality, reality that Mamiya lived. <laughs> <laughs> and he also mentions, it says he mentions Macbeth here, but also Arthurian legend. He mentions, like, the Lady of the Lake. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. And that's one that I miss when he talks about, but he mentions the Lady of the Lake, which means Arthurian legend also happened in God of War. Like, when, when are we just going to take Kratos to England? Can you imagine just... if, like, Kratos got fucking Excalibur? Yeah. That's, he can meet, meet Shakespeare, tell him all these stories, and claim Excalibur for his own. Like, like, if there was any justice, God of War would become the new Assassin's Creed, where it's just drop Kratos into another <laughs> pantheon, another part of the world, and have him kick everyone's ass there as well, and give him new weapons from that pantheon. And I think, obviously, that makes way more sense for the end of God of War 3, Kratos. Yeah, where he just wanted to murder everybody. He's like, fuck it, I've ended Greece, let's go do somewhere else, but... This Kratos now would not do that, and I think that's no. a really good um, point you make of like the speculation of just oh, what if because he is now like settled in the wherever the Norse mm-hmm. games are set, um, it's like oh yeah, someone else comes in and he has to defend the land. Yeah, and it's like as much as I would love to have more weapons, like I was still disappointed you never got to wield Mjolnir. It seems so perfect. Of like you but get you, you obviously... got an ice axe, fire blades. Wind spear, lightning hammer. It would have been very, very cool, but I understand why they had to get through it. And yeah, it's like it it makes sense in terms of the story, but it's still let down. Yeah, that you never got to wield it. While functioning and fully conscious, Mimir classifies that he's reanimated and not resurrected. Therefore, he still considers himself to be deceased. And due to this, he no longer sleeps, but still feels what resembles fatigue at times, which is amazing for Kratos. He's basically just got a watchdog. So he, and, does, he just puts him on a shelf and he can go to sleep. And he's safe. And it also means that's why he can go into Valhalla. Yep. Because, because they make a comment of like, well, um, I think it's like Freya, isn't it? That mm-hmm. um, turned around as like, Oh, I I can't come in with you because I've never died on like you two, not best. Yeah, and that's the thing about like, Kratos. Like, oh yeah, I've died like four times. And that's why like, <laughs> it's, that's why Valhalla reacts so weirdly to Kratos. Of mm. well, you've died multiple times. And he's like, yeah, I did. I did that again. Yeah. Do you think you ever just... like? Do you think him and Mimir ever just sit down, have a couple like you know glasses of mead, and it's like Mimir's like, 
Tell me some more bullshit you did back in Greece. Don't tell me any of the sad stuff like about your wife dying or your, like, your daughter being abandoned. Just tell me about Medusa. Is Medusa real? Like, oh, Medusa's really real. I cut her head off. It's like, what? Like, that must be every moment that we don't see on screen with... Because, like, he's the man who wants more knowledge, right? Like, Yeah, and he's like, Kratos... He just want to know all these stories. Because imagine, like, Mimir saying, like, oh, I heard a story from you. Because that's one of the things he says, I heard a story from your homeland. Is this true? And Kratos like, yeah. Because mm-hmm. obviously he's in combat, he doesn't want... But I bet when, like, you know, Kratos had a few glasses of mead down him. Even, like, Mimir and Freya start coaxing out of him, like, what about, I don't know... Like you said, like the Cyclops. Like, what about the Hydra? Is that a real thing? Is that, yeah, I killed that in the first game. What? I killed that <laughs> my first mission. Yeah, that was my first boss fight. What do you mean, boss fight? Yeah, what about, um, like, uh, which way says, like, you, you mentioned when you're fighting your Mungunda, you fought something bigger. Oh, yeah, I fought Kronos. Like, the Titan? Oh, shit, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I fought Kronos. How'd you beat him? Oh, I impaled him with his own spike. Did you yeah. ever fight anyone else bigger? Well, I met Atlas once. He's the guy who carries all of the earth. Oh, okay. He sounds pretty strong. Well, I'm stronger than he is. How do you you know that? Well, I beat Hercules. Hercules, the Greek god of strength. Yes, I beat him, and he once held up the earth in Atlas's place. And I overpowered him in a physical stalemate. He's also my brother. Do you know that? What? (laughs) Yeah, he just... Like, you beat him in a game of fisticuffs. Like, he just punches the shit out of Hercules in that game. Like, he doesn't even need weapons. I just do wonder, though, of, like, just Mimir's, like, just asking him about all these tales of, like, the Greek history. Like, is this real? Is this a real story? Yeah, "Yeah, that's real. I was there. Just asking him all the bullshit. Imagine getting the Hercules going what's in the new God of War game. He goes back into his house and, like, underneath he's got all the, like, this armory of the Greek weapons. Just pulls out Helios's head. (laughs) He just... I'll take the claws of Hades today. Yeah. I'll take the, the Hercules gauntlet. I still think the strongest thing he ever had was Medusa's head. Oh, like, yeah. It's legit it's one of the strongest things anything. he ever had. Yeah. He immediately kills anything. To use it against one of the bosses, doesn't he? Like, he just pulls Medusa's head out. Ooh, I can't remember that. I can't remember whether that does or doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. But yeah, that is just... It's pretty OP, just the ability to petrify anyone. And yeah. he knows when he's going to use it, so he can just go like that and not yeah. look. And he has it on the back of his head. He has it on the back as well. Like, imagine if he had all the heads. He had like, he had like, <laughs> just... If he had, like, Helios, and he had the, Medusa. The utility belt of, of heads. heads. He gets all the different heads that he's cut off. Oh, God. He just That's... blinds you, petrifies you, and then Mimir talks shit about you. <laughs> What's the thing? Do you know when you get, like, the upgrade where you get you channel the Bifrost through Mimir's head as one of, like, your relics that you get? Mm-hmm. And Mimir says, That's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It I... must feel so weird to fire, like, Bifrost energy out of your eyeballs. Yeah, I find that real fun in the DLC of, like, oh, you get different relics and they all have different amounts of uses, and you yeah. get, like, seven uses out of the, um, the, Mamiya head and you can like recharge it so you, I was in one fight on one run mm-hmm. where just I was there with like 10 charges of just Mamiya, Mamiya going like ah <laughs> it's like why Kratos why uh, I will <laughs> say it's kind of disappointing that like, at the end of the first game Joe where like Brock and Sindri take measurements of his head I thought they were going to build him a robot body <laughs> I really thought they were going to build him a robot body or at least like you know something that's not just a piece of rope yeah. Like a more secure way to hang on to... Because what happens if Kratos just jumps and, like, Mimir falls off? What'd happen? Because I think Kratos pulls him off really easily. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what happened if in combat he like doing just one of those combat rolls? He just, just, like, <laughs> just flies off. <laughs> What would have happened? Uh, like, do you know what you should do? Do you know the, the same enchantment that he has on um, uh, like his axe and like Thor has on Mjolnir? Put that on one of Mimir's eyes. So if you lose Mimir, it's just hold out his just hand. on his eye. And Mimir just flies back. Not on like the rope that keeps him held. No, no. Just on his eyeballs. Like, oh, Kratos just has to... Oh. Yeah, but we have like a, yeah. bit, uh, a few more bits of... Um, uh, um, trivia about him. Despite being the self-professed smartest man alive and incredibly good at deducing, Mimir is not that good at lying. And Kratos easily sees through him every time he tries to lie. It's like, yeah. I think Kratos just, like, has that uncanny ability to pretty much see through everyone's bullshit. He's, he's, he's done with it. I've lived a thousand He's just years. experienced enough, I think, what it is. I think it's, like, after dealing with the Greek gods as well, who are a hell of a lot more duplicitous. Like, the Norse <laughs> gods must seem so straightforward. When he mm-hmm. talks about like Odin, he's this like manipulating tyrant. It's like, do you meet Zeus? Do you know Zeus just used to turn <laughs> to animals and just fuck people as disguised an animal? Like, what does Odin do? He could turn into a raven. Oh, just turn into one animal. That's great. Perfect. So I've got flight fifty. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like Odin must almost seem kind of casual to Kratos at this point. During the events of Ragnarok, it is revealed that Mimir has taken to writing down his stories, though he admits it's a slow process because his jaw tends to get sore on account of him having to hold the pen in his mouth. Could he not ask Kratos? Us? <laughs> Could he not just like sit down and just like, hey, do you want to write my journal? Do you want yeah. just writing the stories down that I tell? But I bet Kratos <laughs> would hate that. He'd do it if you asked him to, but he'd hate, he'd hate it and he'd grumble the entire time. But like, I'm sure Atreus would do it. Atreus would do it, yeah, he'd love it. Oh. So imagine how smart Atreus is going to be. Mm-hmm. It's like Atreus, he's been taught by the smartest man alive, and he's been trained by the strongest man alive, and he could turn into a bear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can. I do love that, though. Like, I remember when, I'm playing, when you fight the bear, you fight bear Atreus, and if you activate <laughs> Spartan Rage against the bear, Mimir says, oh, you've done it now, bear. <laughs> just love the idea that every now and again in the woods, Kratos gets attacked by a bear, and just... <laughs> Just beats it up with bare hands. <laughs> and I will say, just like, you know, obviously, we've not talked about it much, but I do like Mamiya's story in Valhalla, mm-hmm. where he's just like, well, yeah, okay, I am the smartest man alive, but, like, I'm not enough for Sigrund. Because yes. I'm just a head. There's a lot of stuff a head can do. I, well, it was kind of disappointing they don't kiss. I was thinking that, like, you know... And like, you'd get a really awesome moment of Kratos being awkward about like holding up their head as Sigrun kisses it. <laughs> we could have had that. It, you get that amazing bit though, where it's like, "Oh yeah, so you know, Sigrun and I, we like, we wanted to meet back up after the battle, and she decided to take me on a lovely date, and she made a lovely picnic for me, which is not great because I can't eat, but it was a lovely thought." Yeah, and that's the. I'm hoping at some point we do get. Like, give Mimir a body. Like, all the crazy mm. bullshit magic in that universe. They can't get the man a robot body. But at the same time, I guess that would undervalue the the DLC story for him a little bit of, like, you don't need a body, you are good enough as just a head, and, like, don't undersell yourself. But at the same time, he wants to fuck a Valkyrie, and I totally get that. I mean, yeah, that's true. I so respect he, that hustle. Like, just give him a robot body. It's but like, John- he, doesn't, he doesn't want to, bear in mind. It's not just any Valkyrie, it's like the the co-captain of the Valkyrie team. It's the one that absolutely annihilates you in 2018. (laughs) The one that just has all the other Valkyrie's abilities. Yeah. 
I was hoping, he aims like, high. Do you like the, the Bifrost like, arm that Heindel gives himself? Given that, mm. he's made of pure energy. So he's just like, he looks like Electro. Just pure energy Bifrost. Yeah. Body. Just like, Seagrun's just at home waiting for him to get back and he just bursts through the door one day like, I'm home. I'm home. The thing is, I think is, it's going to look so fucking pimp though if we do get any more God of War. And mm-hmm. it's like to see Kratos on the throne with just the Mimir's head on it, advising him. <laughs> but I want him to have it on like a scepter and just have it in his hand. He should just <laughs> do the predator thing of like he's got all the heads on the back of the wall and there's like the xenomorph is there as well. <laughs> just all from the previous games he went to like Parappa the yeah, Rapper's yeah. heads on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> all that bullshit. But yeah, that's Mimir. What, what, a, what a great character. What a great game. Incredible game and... Just really fun DLC that's, again, I think the strength of it is definitely the story, I think. Absolutely, yeah. It's the com- the roguelite elements are very light elements. Yeah, definitely but... light more than rogue. Mm-hmm. But it's but... very fun playthrough. And it's just, as well, just broing out. Yeah. Just like, I just want to see more from... And it's like just seeing Kratos, like, actually acknowledge that he had a daughter. Because the fact yeah. that, like, <laughs> like does, does Atreus know that he has, a, like, a, half, like, a half-sister who died? Uh, he must know, but I can understand why they don't bring it up in the game. He doesn't. He doesn't want to bring it up. I can understand that because it, it, is it literally happened as well, like five hundred years ago. It is a sore spot for him still mm-hmm. to this day. Like, I think. Also, yeah. what happened to my sister? I did. I did murder her. Well, she's right here though. Her ashes are <laughs> on my skin. That's the thing as well. The fact they never. It, presumably, they must know. But the fact mm-hmm. that Kratos never explicitly mentions that the reason he is white. The reason he's so chalky, unnaturally white is just the ashes of his deceased family on his skin. Well, if Mamiya's Scottish, he just thinks that's what people look like. <laughs> it's like you just like anyone else from Glasgow, mate. <laughs> well, um, uh, great character. Um, uh, I do wonder when we're next going to see Mamiya and his bro. Just give us the Mamiya spin-off game with his Bifrost body. <laughs> just energy man, energy Bifrost. <laughs> Oh, man, I love God of War. It's so good. 